This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Conflict with Family. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener whose in-laws don't know when to leave and another whose sister has a bad habit that is affecting their relationship. Then we're talking about what's in the news, Harry Styles, new surprising lady. Um, Might not be surprising by the time this episode's out, but uh, it's a relationship we're very into. And then on the other side, Kim and Kanye might be donezo. But first, Angela, what has been going on in your week? Um, So I picked a story that I felt was relevant to our topic this week. We're talking all about family and conflict and conflict with family. And uh, I had mentioned a few episodes ago that my dad posted, uh, tested positive for COVID and wanted to wrap up that saga for everyone. He's doing well, right? He's doing Hopefully. well. He, um, To our knowledge, he never showed symptoms. He might have shown symptoms that were covered up by other symptoms from other stuff going on, but got through it fine. Um, so we were going to see them for Christmas, just the four of us, but we didn't do that because he tested positive. But then we were like, all right, we'll get together for New Year's because um, hopefully by then you will have both tested negative. And then my mom tested positive. Oh, God. And we we're like, uh, it wasn't like that surprising because they live in the same house, but it was just disappointing. But um, she was but okay. Like, well, she was, she wound up. So, okay, here's the thing. Throughout this saga where they were quarantined for 10 days, every morning I would open my eyes and I would text my mom, symptoms question mark symptoms and every day she'd be like we're good we're good so then when she called me to tell me that she uh had tested positive because the first time they went my dad tested positive and she tested negative but we assumed you know that she would eventually be positive too so anyway so when she called me to be like i'm positive uh i was like oh no uh you sound kind of snivelly you sound stuffy and she was like well i had a little cold last week I was like, what? So this bitch was lying to me. Oh my God. She didn't want to scare her only daughter. So, and that's the thing is I'm understanding. I get how my mom operates. I was upset, but I was also like, I get it. You didn't want to upset me. Fine. I can't ever trust you again, but I get it. And then she was like, well, I also just didn't think it was COVID related. And I was like, well, you were quarantined for COVID and you had cold-like symptoms. You didn't think it was COVID-related? And she's like, but I had my sense of smell and 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 my sense of taste and I didn't have a fever. And I was like, have we all learned nothing? Have we learned nothing at this point? Pretty much I, I like any weird thing that I feel in my body, I'm like, it's COVID because yeah. every single symptom could be COVID. It is just a cocktail of things. It, there's Nobody has it the same. Everybody has it different. Uh but uh, yeah, she didn't think it was COVID related, even though she was quarantined for COVID. Oh my god, this would drive me so nuts! I so oh my god, but so I was very upset, very angry, very frustrated, and uh, conflict, conflict with family. <laughs> and yeah, I was. 
my my main thing was I was like, I should just be focused on you guys having COVID, which is stressful enough and upsetting enough. But instead, I am frustrated by your communication right now. I know. I, I really struggle with this with my parents, especially as they get older and they go to lots of different doctors and like all these health problems come up. And I like, I mean, the, with COVID, yeah, it's like, just tell me what's up. But I, I really struggle in general with, I want to respect your privacy. I want to respect that it's your body, that it's your, you know, it it's like, you know, your life, but, and you know, what am I privy to? What am I not? What do you have to tell me? Like how much detail do you have to tell me about every doctor's appointment that you go to, which honestly with my parents lately has been quite a lot. And I want them to be honest with me. At the same time, like, I'm like, okay, I, I want my boundaries and I want my, I want to be able to have, you know, a little bit of privacy. I don't have to tell them everything, even though they sometimes expect it. So I, I really struggle with this when it comes to like health and what they need to tell me and what they don't, you know? And, and, yeah. um, yeah, it's just a hard thing to, to, to figure out. But yeah, I mean, if it felt, yeah, if they're like straight up lying, that's another <laughs> thing but I know your your mom just didn't want to freak you out because I think what she probably meant was like the symptoms were not bad and so she was like there's no reason to cause unnecessary anxiety to my daughter and I do think if it had gotten bad she she would have called for sure granted it would have been her like on the way to the hospital like okay things got bad no 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 if she had a fever she would have told you yeah I think so and she didn't she never did which God. is a huge relief. Honestly, I feel like I face like it's such a weird feeling. Like that you face this your worst like, fear. It was my worst fear. It was like on my mind every single day since this started. Yeah. So for them to get through it, I feel like very relieved. I'm really yeah. hoping that they have antibodies that will take them up like, you know, for the next three months and then maybe they'll get the vaccine. Yep. This new strain is scary, but we're not gonna think about that. Nope. Um yeah, wild ride. COVID is a wild ride. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But how how are you doing? What's up with you? I'm doing okay. I'm yeah, being pregnant during COVID causes a ton of anxiety. I'm just like, I've got kind of the same thing. I'm like three months. I just need to get through three months of not getting sick, of just staying in our little pod. We have like, you know, basically like two sources of where of like weakness, which is like one is like our nanny comes, you know, every day. And yeah. but like Nick go picks her up and drops her off. So um, but you know, I'm just like, hope this one person doesn't get sick. And then Rilo's in school, which is the biggest weak spot in our COVID kind of fortress, you know, but yeah, um, it's like a class of just like four other kids. So I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I have like a lot of anxiety about that. Also being just at risk for preterm. I'm just been having just constantly worried. I'm like, oh my God, is my water breaking? Oh my God. And it's like, trying to be calm and spending way too much money on multiple acupuncture sessions to like try to be chill. Are you still doing it yourself from home? No. So I was doing myself and that, okay, that's my other weak spot is going to the, my acupuncturist, but I take the, they take your temp, they take my temperature and they do this with all their patients. And then they take my oxygen level with the finger. They're Mm -hmm. like very, and I take the first appointment of the day. So as long as the so nobody else has other than the acupuncturist has breathed air in the room. So as long as my acupuncturist doesn't have COVID and we both wear masks the whole time. Yeah. I but I was like, you know what? Like 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 yeah, like I I need to do I I need to to do this. It's like it's like therapy for me. And like I feel so different when I walk out of that room in terms yeah. of my like stress and anxiety of being like preterm and a risk for preterm and 
being pregnant and all these anxieties that I have. But what I was actually planning to talk about was not about (laughs) being stressed out or having anxiety of being pregnant in a pandemic. I was going to talk about middle names. So that's way more fun. A few episodes ago, (laughs) I read the list of names of first names that I had picked out for baby number two, which I I went back and listened and I was like, those names are, a lot of them are really crazy. But (laughs) um, anyways. Clearly at some point, see, it's naming a baby is like getting a tattoo. You got to make sure you're really into it because you're kind of stuck for life. I was talking about how we needed to pick a name that kind of was equal to Rilo, our first baby's name, which is like a unique name, but not weird. And it was really, it was really hard to pick. But anyways, Nick and I, there's been only one name that we've agreed upon. So that is the name. <laughs> that's, that's how you know. That's and how you know it's the right name. You know right what? Name. I actually feel really good about it because there was another name that I really liked. It's probably not fun for me to talk about this and not say what the name is, but I, I'll, I'll say the name that I really wanted. The na- So I, if, if it was a girl, I really wanted Romy as the name because I thought Rilo and like Romy. Romy and Michelle. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Yep, yep, yep. I thought Romy was just a really, really cute name for a girl. And then it kind of grew on me for a boy and I, like spelling it different, like R, like Rome with a Y. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I really love that. Like Rilo and Romy, Rilo and Romy. It's really cute. And Nick's like, Ugh, I don't want to be like in the alliteration. We're not trying to be like, you know. That's like, true. And you got the rad. So. The rad. Like, yeah. He's well, like, we don't, I don't want both of our kids. It'll be like it's, a thing. It's a little too precious. Yeah. It'll be like a thing if we name like both of our kids with our names and both have alliteration in their name. Like Rilo Rad and Romy Rad. He's like too much. And he never was like really, really excited about that as a name. So he kind of nicks that for the boy. And like, I think I could have maybe pushed it if it was a girl, but, <laughs> but he, he nicks that for the boy name, but we agreed upon a boy name, which I don't just, I don't, I, I want to keep it to myself, but I'll give a name that's similar. I Googled before this podcast, like what are names similar to the name we picked? And one of the names was Bennett. So let's pretend the baby's name is Bennett. Okay. So it's okay. not that crazy of a name, but it's also not like, okay. Kind of old timey. Sort of, yeah. It's also not like, yeah, like, but it's not like, you know, Jeffrey or something. Um, so not, what I'm struggling- It's not like a, a British butler name. No, it's not a British butler name. We didn't go wacky. I didn't go with like Neo or like solar space. Right. <laughs> like I wanted to initially. But I'm struggling now, Angela, with the middle name. So we, Nick and I have just agreed that the first name just like needs to be a name that we aesthetically like, we like saying, it feels good when we say it. And I've tried out other names on the baby, even though, you know, like, and I've been like, when I talk to the baby and honestly, Romy never felt right. Like whenever I would say like, Romy, I'd be like, mm, that just doesn't, doesn't feel like him. That's not him. No. Yeah. But then I'd try out like the Bennett-ish name. I'd be like, baby Bennett, baby Bennett. And, and it felt, it felt right. It like, I was like, that's, that's his name. With the middle name, Angela, I'm really struggling because the first name is just a name we purely like aesthetically. The middle name to me, I guess, feels like it needs to have some kind of like symbolic, like symbolism, you know, or it's, okay, I think it serves three purposes and I want to know if you agree with this. Number one, you name it after somebody that like passed away that you were close with, which is what we did for Rilo. I named his middle name is Shia, which is after my grandma, whose name was Shanna. 
Or it should be almost like an alternative name. So like if I did go with Neo, maybe I would go with like Neo Jeffrey. So if he does decide right. to like, you know, have have more serious profession, he could be like, I'm going by my middle name. Thank you. I've, I'm N. Jeffrey Rad. Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, Neo is not for me. I'm going with my yeah. more serious name. So it's almost like an alternative name. If yes. they decide, so it could be either named after someone you love, an alternative name, or, and then third is just like something symbolic or like it needs, it, it shouldn't just also be another aesthetic name that sounds good. I, I agree. I, I, do you agree with that? Yeah. I do. You know, I made the tattoo comparison before. I never really realized there are so many similarities between naming a baby and getting a tattoo because I sort of feel the same way. It's like you can have aesthetic ones, but then you should also have ones that have significance. Similar thing. Did Same you just come thing. up with that? Because that is a I just came up with that. That is such a great visualization for me in terms of baby naming. It is just like a <laughs> tattoo that you need a mix of aesthetic yeah. and symbolism. You're creating a sleeve, an arm sleeve of ba- sleeve of baby names. And then to continue your metaphor, like they need to work t- in they need to work yes. together. My God, let's write a think piece about this. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I'm not like in love with my name personally. Like my middle name's Rose, Laura Rose. And I, I don't know. Rose has kind of grown on me, but it just doesn't feel like me. And I know you've never felt like an Angela Marie. Yeah, don't really love it. Although I do like that I'm, I tend to be the only Angela. I don't know many other Angelas. Uh, usually I'm the only one in a room. That's you know? good. So that's kind of fun. But yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like me. I agree. No, my name doesn't feel like me either. So I hope this name feels like this baby's name. But it was Nick and I are just really struggling because I was like, do you want to name, you know, the middle name to be after, after like your grandparents? But like his sister already kind of did that. And, and he's like, no, that's okay. And then we don't have like the name's not going to be as crazy as we thought. So I don't really need to give him like an alt name. And then. And then I was like, well, fine. Since our first name's not as crazy, like, can I go a little crazier with the middle name? And it's like, <laughs> okay, fine. So I was like, so I pitched Solar. And he was like, no, we're not <laughs> too crazy. Fucking Solar System. And then I was like, well, yeah, I don't even like that. Never mind. I was like, I don't know. I'm just like really into space stuff. But uh, maybe that'll pass. And then I'll be like, why the fuck did <laughs> I name my baby Solar? Solar System. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I would far be it for me to tell you what to name your baby, but I'm kind of with Nick. <laughs> Not I don't I think you might regret solar <laughs> eventually. So I just one don't, day. But we also don't have anything that's that important to us, like symbolically, you know? Well, I do that's something that I do love about Judaism, where which I didn't I never knew until I met Ian, honestly, that like you you don't necessarily name the same name as somebody that you love, but you just take the first letter. No, that's so much better. You just, yeah, you get so much license, which Nick thinks yeah. is insane. You can He's run like, wait, with it. you can pick any name in the world. It just has to be the letter. I was like, yeah, it's awesome. But then, and, but it still has like significance yep. and like it's a tribute, but it doesn't have to be like, yeah, the exact name. So yeah. I think that's, I don't know, that's fun. That opens things up. Yeah, that does. All right. So I don't know. I'm working on the middle name, but the struggle is real. If anybody has any guidance, let me know. All right. It's time to jump in our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Coors Light. The big game is right around the corner and everyone's 
pumped not only for football, but for the commercials. Angela, you and I love the commercials. It's kind of the only part that I enjoy. Coors wanted to create the most refreshing ad of all time, so they're bringing it to a place no big game commercial has ever gone before. Your dreams. Hmm. Yes, yours. Yours and yours alone. I, you know, the thing I like is like brands no longer just want to do a straightforward commercial. They got to think outside the box. So let's find out how Coors thought outside the box. So it sounds impossible, right? How could Coors get into your dreams, Angela? Sounds kind of frightening, actually. Turns out it's not impossible. Coors has been working with a world-renowned dream psychologist, Dr. Deidre Barrett, and a team of visual artists to make it happen. Coors conducted an experiment where participants watched a refreshing, trippy two-minute video, and then they fell asleep to an eight-hour long, relaxing audio sound tape. And crazy enough, it worked. They dreamed refreshing Coors ads. Look at that. Working, Working in your sleep. Maybe I need, I need to call up Deidre to have her see if she can help stop my stress dreams I've been having lately. But anyway. Or she could spin them into a marketing campaign. That even better. too. All right. Tell us what, what else is going on, Angela. Well, the cool thing is if this, this story appeals to you, Coors wants you to try it for yourself. So there's nothing more refreshing than Coors Light and Coors Seltzer except maybe a really good dream. The Coors Dream Experience is available to you now. Go to CoorsBigGameDream.com to experience the first big game commercial that you have to fall asleep to, that you have to fall asleep to watch. Uh, watch the virtual dream stimulus from the comfort of your bed and dream your way into your very own big game commercial. I'm very intrigued. Intrigued. I, I am. And you know what? It's hard to intrigue somebody with, you know, it's like, the commercials are always sort of the same, so this is something different. It's it's fun. I mean, I like it. Anything that will change my stress dreams, even if if I'm dreaming about Coors, all the better. Check it out at CoorsBigGameDream.com and experience the first big game ad that only runs in your dreams. This is so cool. Okay, CoorsBigGameDream.com. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and Fort Worth. Texas beer. All right, Angela, what is in the mailbox? Okay. Um, we have two questions about family this week. So first up from an anonymous listener, and she writes, we moved two years ago to be closer to my in-laws. I really like that. Um, I really like all my sister and brother-in-laws and their kids. We don't have any children, so it is fun to have them visit. However, they always stay way too long. They own their own business, so they call their own hours, and when they do the three-hour drive to visit, they end up staying for a week. It's fine for a few days, but when I work, I come home tired, and I don't always want other people at my house, especially since they often hand me the kids and start drinking. Oh, no. I love that. Your family sounds, or your in-laws sound real fun. Um, I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up after them. Oh, I guess no. how do I kindly tell them that three days is long enough and they need to go home? Oh my God, this is so hard. Okay. Um, Jesus. So I've really had to struggle with setting boundaries, even with my own family in terms of staying. And yeah. they've actually kind of, I think, get it now where they realize like, like I've cut, I've just kind of explained like, you know, I love having you stay visit but when you visit like it's definitely like I'm not I know you tell me to like go about my daily routine but I'm not gonna like 
in pre-pandemic times, like going to go like hang out with my friend for dinner if my parents are visiting only for one week, you know, like I'm just not, I'm actually not going to live my whole routine because it just like, I'm not going to enjoy myself. I feel pulled in two directions. Like family time is family time. So it just kind of needs to be like those five days are family time, you know, and it can't, and they, and they also seem to understand that like when they're staying in our space that like, yeah, it's just, it's just different. It just like changes the vibe and it, and it's great having family time, but, but like, yeah, you can't, the two weeks, it's, that's all that, you know, it can just be, it can be too long. Um, I have to be honest, I would not be able to have this conversation with my in-laws. I, I think like the husband has to have it. And that was my advice. I was I, thinking it's interesting. She thinks that it's her responsibility. It's not. It's not. Like it's your responsibility to be on the same page as your husband. And then like he has any potential, you know, conflict like conversations with his parents and you're in charge of having those with, with your parents. Because I have, it's hard enough to have them with my own parents so I can be like, you you know, for the most part, blunt with, although, you know, we struggle with certain conversations lately, but <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, but <laughs> conflict with family, conflict with family. But when it comes to staying and how long to stay and whether they should stay with you or like at an Airbnb, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah. or at a hotel, like I'm lucky that my in-laws are like so amazing and they all are all, like, we're going to get a hotel. Like they've, I've never asked them that. They always say it. And it's gotten to the point where I've been like, you can stay with us. And I think maybe in the nicest way, they're like, that room is too small. <laughs> you know, <Right>. like <laughs> your guest room's too small. I would prefer a hotel. But, um, but they, they, they're so considerate that they offer straight up to stay in a hotel and not stay with us. Even though we do have like a small, tiny, tiny, what my dad calls cruise ship. Uh, it's like a former storage. <laughs> it was like a. It was a storage room that we've turned into a yeah. classroom. Um, so I'm I'm really lucky that I don't have to worry about about this, and that when they do come, they're like they come for a few days. But if it if it was me and they were staying too long and and they were staying with us, like I would not have that conversation. I just like wouldn't sacrifice that relationship. It's not. It's like my husband would have to say like you you know right. these days, and I think it's just. I think a good way to phrase it is like, these days are good for us. We have a lot going on that week. You know, um, like, why don't you come from Friday? You know, why don't you come from like Thursday to Tuesday? I think that works best with our schedule. And like, yeah, that can be a friendly way to say it. Like, why don't you stay from Thursday to Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? That's uh, how long, how many, three days she said. Okay. So I would say, why don't you come this week? Why don't you come these days over the weekend? We have, we kind of have a lot going on in the week. So I think for our schedule, it would actually just work best. Would you be able to come, you know, Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday? Um, and just saying it works best with your schedule is like vague enough. It's not hurtful enough. And, um, and, and yeah, Yeah. and you can kind of guide your husband to say that, but I, would leave it up to him. That's my advice. What do you think, yeah. Angela? I mean, I think like, yeah, to be clear, it's definitely an important conversation to be had, but you, I think you have to talk to him first and then have him talk to them because first of all, like he, nobody can be as honest with someone as like family. And even though you're married into the family and you're technically family, like he can be more honest with them. A hundred percent. Um, so I think it'll just – it'll be received better probably coming from him. Yeah. Nobody wants to think that like their daughter-in-law doesn't want them around. Like that 
you and you don't yeah. you don't want them to think that and that's not the truth either so um and honestly i would also say to him if he's you know if he's not that great about communicating these things i would be like make sure you don't make it sound like your wife is making you say it oh yes <laughs> sound natural and normal yes and this is your <laughs> this is up to you not me yeah for sure yeah. don't blame it on me don't blame it on me yeah 100% um yeah, hope that hope that's helpful. Um, yeah. All right, what else we got? All right, next we have another anonymous listener, and they write, "My sister and I just got back on good terms after two years of not talking due to a fight. I love having her stop by and hang out occasionally. The problem is she is a shoplifter. She's been arrested for it at least twice, and the last time I tried to talk to her about it, and she just said next time she wouldn't get caught." Last time she came to visit, we went out to several local shops, and I'm pretty sure she stole a few items. I'm worried that talking to her about it could damage our relationship again. Do I just not go to stores with her ever, or should I try to talk to her about it again? It makes me so uncomfortable when I realize she's stolen something, and I hate that, especially as we are starting to get close again. Uh, yeah, don't go shopping with her again. I mean, like, I would, I genuinely would like not do it. I had an aunt who. Oh my god! I just <laughs> she would steal shit from like the restaurants we'd eat at. Like, like she seemed to think that like because you eat at a restaurant, you're like allowed to take like the candle holder on the table. <laughs> it's like like what? it's a wedding and you're taking the centerpiece. Yeah, like what the fuck is wrong with you? And like she come on like like oh I just took him to the restaurant. It's like what in what world do you you not realize you're stealing from a restaurant? Anyways. I'm like not going out to eat with her again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, and honestly, you don't want to get like caught up in this or people thinking that you're an accomplice. If by people, I mean the stores thinking you're some sort of like accomplice to your sister and, and, um, yeah, don't go, just don't go shopping with her. Like until you know, she's like cleaned up her act, I guess, but just do other things with her. But yeah, you don't need to go shopping. I don't know. I don't, go shopping that much with my sister. There's other things you can do anyways. Um, I don't know. Go out to eat with her as long as she doesn't steal the centerpieces like my aunt. <laughs> and um, and, and go to the movies. Like, obviously, this is all, like, shit you can't do now, but in the future. But I will say, I mean, like, obviously, this is whether, you, you know, not going shopping with her is, like, avoiding the issue, which I understand because you're – you like weren't talking to her for a long time and you're like just back on good terms and you don't want to rock the boat. But it is a problem that is going to have to be addressed eventually. And it depends on how close you plan on getting with her, if you, how involved you want to be in that. But like the type of stealing that she's doing, it's not like she's stealing to survive. It sounds like it's like kind of like a kleptomania thing, which is you know, it's like a unaddressed mental illness sort of, you know, it's like there's deeper stuff happening there. So she's going to have to like go to a therapist, I think, to work this out. Yeah. Like and there, you there are issues there. So you can talk like her saying, oh, I just I just won't get caught. It's like if you really want to be serious about it, you could be like, I'm not going to like see you again until you get help for this. But it sounds like you're not quite there yet. Uh, but I feel like just keep in mind that that could be a conversation on the horizon because yeah. it's not just going to go away. And just decide if you're the person that like is able to have this conversation and if it will be helpful. Like sometimes doing like an intervention like this can just – only you know your sister and whether that will be helpful or whether it will like not 
move her in the right direction and it will damage your relationship. And like maybe your parents need to have this conversation. Maybe she just needs to get caught again and like really get a fucking wake up call. Like I have no idea. But um but yeah, it's it's really it's really up to you if you think she'll be receptive to trying to talk about it again. But it's not a great sign that her response to like you shouldn't be shoplifting is like I won't get caught next time is not the right response you want. So <laughs> yeah. um yeah. Uh, if you want your listener questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next, we're going to talk about what's in the news. All right, Angela, what were you reading this week? So many romantic developments happening in, in early 2021. Uh, so first of all, I'm hearing that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West might be getting a divorce. This is according to page six. You're hearing. I like how you said you're hearing like your sources so, on the ground. People are saying, my sources tell me, my sources on Twitter. Um, yeah, they're saying that Kanye and Kim might get a divorce. And when I Honestly, clicked on the article. God. Why did, I know. It's, why it's didn't she do that time. back when he was wearing like a MAGA hat or like trying to run for president like a psycho? Well, it is related to all that, it seems. Um, so first of all, I'm shocked that they've only been married for six years. That was my first takeaway from opening this article because six years is nothing. Like when you look back on that, that's like a blip in your life and it feels like they've been together forever. Um, so that's yeah, it's hard to, to remember me. any of her other ex-husbands or boyfriends. I know. I've been married to Nick for six years. Did I really get married the same year Kim and Kanye get married? That would be nuts. I guess. Does the article did. say the year they got married? Um. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Six years together. Well, but, um, Nick and I have been married almost six years, so yeah. There we go. That's and, well. Thank God. Thank God that this will happen. I mean, not like I'm like, oh yeah, Kim could do so much better. <laughs> like I love Kim Kardashian, but Kanye. Kanye is just like a hot mess. I don't know how yeah. she's dealt with it this long. Apparently, she's hired Laura Wasser, who is a very famous divorce attorney who the divorce oh, yes. attorney from uh, Marriage Story was based on, the one that Laura Dern played. Oh, I know Laura Wasser's name just from my days working at celebrity magazines. Like, pretty I'm much- pretty sure she's actually represented other Kardashian sisters in divorces. Probably. And so. she's represented like every major celebrity in their divorce. Like she's cutthroat. So Yes. So if you Kim, want- Kim sh- has Laura. On board. I wonder. I, I think she did either like Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt, maybe too. She know. did. She did Jennifer Aniston, and Brad Pitt. I think that was like her big one. Oh, okay, yeah. There you go. Um, well, in happy relationship news, I've actually been very into this relationship. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles apparently are dating. She's directing him um, in a movie that she's also starring in called Don't Worry, Darling. And from all sources of people on the set, apparently, like. Harry is just not only an amazing actor, not only the chillest, most stylish dude in the world, but he's extremely professional and just an all-around wonderful, amazing guy. And before they were, like, hooking up, Olivia was giving quotes to magazines about, like, he's, you know, setting the tone of, like, what men should be like for, like, the generation. And I hope, like, more men will be like him. And I so, saw that. Yeah. And She's so like, he's like anti-toxic masculinity. Yeah. He's the he opposite of toxic masculinity. Fashion. Yeah. And, and like, and then, and then like, I don't know, maybe they were hooking up at that point, but shortly after that, they like, 
were like holding hands and seen like flirting and sources say they're dating and I don't, she's 10 years older than him but I just love this couple I don't know I've always been very into Olivia Wilde I like dig I'd like her career's been like kind of under the radar if you're like what has she been in you can't name anything but yet she's like very famous she's kind of chosen these like interesting crazy projects but never became she's like a getting superstar. into directing more and then she got into directing more which was just she like book smart and I loved book smart it was such a cool it was like such a smart such a smart movie I think she's just been really smart about her career she's very cool I loved her in the OC that was when I first became an Olivia Wilde fan she was married to a prince and then was, I think, engaged to Jason Sudeikis. I don't think they ever got married. Or, yeah, they didn't. And then they broke up. They had a couple kids. I've actually been to their house because I... W- they live near me, apparently. Because oh, really? I've spotted them several times. They have, like... Not this recently, obviously. Gorgeous, gorgeous townhouse. I went to, like, they were... When her mom was running for for office, she was doing... Oh, I didn't know this she, about Olivia Wilde. Oh, yeah. She's doing like a fundraiser. So I went to the fundraiser at her house. She's just like, she's very smart, very chill. I have nothing bad to say about her. Love Olivia Wilde. And Harry Styles, like also, I'm like very into him too. And I just am loving this couple. I have never had a turnaround on a celebrity the way I have on Harry Styles. Yes. Because I could not have gave less of a shit about him for many, many years because I just, I'm not a boy band person didn't really care for One Direction. And in recent times, he is just doing it for me. I love him so much. Everything about him is just on point. The new music video with Phoebe Waller-Bridge that he just released where he's dancing, like, so good. I love his style. Could so, not agree I more. Support. Like and he's so not my type. Like, I don't like a gangly nope. young. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> a wafy young British man, but he does it <laughs> for me. I don't know why. That's literally the opposite of your type. I... Yeah. I mean, I like Taylor Swift, but, like, did not love Harry Styles during his, like, dating Taylor Swift phase. Like, was just like, ugh, Harry Styles, gross. And I have, like, the biggest crush on, on like, everything that's happening there. Yes, same. Um, so, love this couple. I like you know, Livy Wild, smart, beautiful, wonderful Harry Styles. Love. This is, like, I really hope this lasts. As we long. wish them the best. We wish them the best. Now it's time for our topic of the week. This week's topic is conflict with family, as we've mentioned a few times. So I I keep saying this, but this year has been weird emotionally for me because I spent all of it in crippling fear that my parents would die while simultaneously wanting to murder them myself with my bare hands. <laughs> um, because uh, even though we have been isolated this year, I've actually been more in touch with my family than ever. And with more contact comes more conflict, I would say. Um, so, yeah. And what have you been, been upset with them about? Well, I think just like there's nothing like that notable other than the big like the health issues lead to like communication problems because we just communicate in different ways. And like I think that where the conflict stems from is that in a lot of families, sometimes parents or siblings like have a hard time evolving past the roles that you played early on in your family dynamic. Oh, yes. Everybody kind of gets like set in those roles and then you go off and you live your separate lives and 
you change and you grow, but when you come back together, it's hard for everyone to accept the evolution, you know? For sure, for sure. Like I'll still always be like the big sister and I'm always like, you know, like, like, why aren't you doing this? And don't talk to mom and dad that way or da, 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 you know? And I'm yeah. still like the rebel that like always feels like they need to like speak up and like fight for any, you know, fight for any sense of self in the family because I hated growing up in my household and like had a really bad, a really bad teenage years and could not wait to get away. And so like, I like, you know, little, the little rebel in me like comes out when I am back in that house. Uh, so I can relate, I can like really relate to this. I've had a lot of friends fight with their parents during the pandemic about feeling like their parents weren't being safe enough. I have a friend that like, you know, wouldn't talk to their parents because they were like mad at them about certain choices they were making. Like, I don't know, whatever grocery store shopping when they could get food delivered or just feeling that they weren't taking care of themselves and that it was like selfish. So I've had a lot of friends that were upset. Luckily my parents have been pretty safe. I do get, I have gotten like mad. Like, why are you going to the grocery store? You know, like, and my mom's like, this is the one thing I do. It's like, well, you know, I can't just be in my house. I'm like, you have a backyard. Like, you don't need to. So I, I have gotten, like, a little upset about that. Recently, something that's come up is, like, I've been told that supposedly members of my family are upset because they feel like I don't share enough with them. And then they'll see something on Instagram. And, like, that has just kind of annoyed me to the point where I'm, like, if there's a really good picture or something I want to share with you, I'm going to share it. Like, I can't have you analyzing my fucking social media and being, like, why didn't you tell me this news or share this with me first, you know, like, like my Instagram is private. It's for my friends and my family. It's for a very close, it's for people that are close to me to learn about things. So I can just tell everybody at once, you know, like, so I don't have to like yeah. text my best friends and text my parents and text my, so that comment has like been the source of like annoyance lately of like feeling like I don't share enough and that well, I post it on Instagram. Think- it's like, what? My Instagram's private. Like what, who do you think it's, I'm posting for? I feel like with stuff like that, like it's like relationships are a two-way street. So I think that like if the other person is checking in and sharing a lot, then that kind of stuff's going to happen naturally. But if I'm not hearing from you, why am I going to go out of my way to like share something with you? Yeah. Or just like it's become this weird like tit for tat. It's like, oh, you don't share stuff. Fine. I'm not going to tell you about this thing. It's like, what? This has just like gotten weird. So I don't know. That's been like a so- – those have been – I I think being isolated and not maybe seeing family, you know, the like, sh- you know, sharing stuff and how much to share has become a source of conflict, at least for me. And then yeah. I've seen friends get really upset with parents about the COVID stuff. So I don't know. And – on like, and I guess a more positive spin on the whole thing and something that I'm always aware of is like, I feel like the people that you're closest to are the people that you are the most comfortable lashing at, at lashing out at sometimes because you know that they're always going to be there. So like, you know, at work, if your boss is being a dick to you, you have to just kind of suck it up a little bit and take it. So then you come home and the slightest little like conflict with a family member, you might take out all that stuff on them because you can. So I feel like there's an element of that sometimes where like, I'm like, I can scream at you as much as I want. Do you know what, Angela, what you're saying right now is it reminds me of what I've been reading a lot and remembering when it comes to parenting actually. So with toddler, with toddler tantrums, Janet Lansbury, who's like my parenting expert says like, we should, 
instead like look at toddler tantrums as actually and like I'm very lucky because Riley like very rarely has them but if he ever like gets upset about something really stupid I actually more have like a gratitude with it because she says the way you should look at it is that they feel safe enough to express those emotions with you that they don't feel that they they don't feel safe enough to express those at school or you know in like a play group and obviously yes a kid could have a tantrum in those places but most of the time they have them with their parents because parents will be like I come home and like I just get home from work and my kids having tantrum it's like it's because they feel safe with you and they feel safe to express those emotions and I've always remembered that and I've been like and so I like I just like will hold him if he's upset about something like you can tell me how you feel like let it out and then he calms down if he's ever upset about something silly like so fast just because he knows I'm I am will hold those emotions and that I'm not judging him for them and that I'm not upset and that I have like the confidence as a parent to to like just sit with him and just hold him and like let him tell him to let it out and not get mad at him for his emotions and you know growing is really hard and it can be really hard to deal with all the changes that happen as a child or the stresses of the day of you know kids taking your toys or school or maybe you're tired maybe you're hungry but like to be able to know you're safe and to be able to like have a tantrum. So what you're saying really reminded me of that, that you feel safe with people that you love and that you care with. And so, I don't know, it's harder to do with adults. <laughs> like if, if my, you know, if a family member is like being a bitch to me <laughs> or mad at me, it's hard to be like, thank you. I have gratitude right. that you feel safe to tell me that. Like, I'm like, what I want to do is be like, what? You're like, don't talk to me like that. It's much easier to do with though- a tiny child. As an adult, though, like I think being raised in that environment then allows you to kind of like have arguments and express things with your family, but in like that's healthier. Like I'd rather have like a messy, like yelling fight with my parents and like talk about something and know that it's is safe wrong than like stifle it and not talk. Because I know families like that too, where there's like big glaring issues in the family and nobody talks about it and everybody ignores it and just like totally unhealthy right. and everybody's working out separately in therapy where like sometimes it's good to just talk and know, feel like you can do that. So I do think that that fosters that kind of environment, which is, which is good. Totally. Yeah. I'm hoping I raise my child differently <laughs> and, and how raise, we dealt with conflict growing up. Scream at you. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, you read something that you wanted to share about conflict with family? Oh, well, I saw a a quote that I really liked, right? Like right going into the holidays, honestly, I saw this on Instagram and uh, it really helped me because, uh, you know, we were spending a lot of time with family, like kind of on top of each other and like just like not feeling great because we also have like the added layer of COVID stuff making us all not feel right and like you know I I mean like I talked about before like how like you might have like your boss being mean to you and you can't do anything about it and then you take it out in your family same thing with COVID you might be upset about COVID and take it out on your family so um someone I follow on Instagram posted this tweet from Hillary Dixler I don't know who Hillary Dixler is but she said um, my husband said something that's really helped me think about where everyone is at emotionally, why everyone seems mad at you or like you can't do anything right. Everyone needs more than anyone can give right now. Um, I love I-, I love this quote because like I keep getting told by other family, you know, call 
call this person in your family, call this person in your family. And I've like had to kind of explain, like, I cannot hold the emotional weight of like other family members that are struggling and I want to be there for them. But like, stop telling me like I'm doing something wrong. Like I'm not sharing enough or I'm not calling people enough or I'm not doing this enough. Like I am trying to be a good wife. I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm trying to be a good mother. I'm trying to get some work done you know, and I'm trying to also hold my own emotional weight while I'm like pregnant and like stressed out and in my own pandemic, like I'm already holding a lot just like in my own life. I want to be a good family member too, but like I cannot like make everybody feel better and I can't be made to feel bad that I'm not like, you know, I I can't, there's only so much I can give, you know, and I can't, and I can't be like shamed for not sharing enough or like calling enough when I already call like multiple times a week and share pictures throughout the week. It's like, like, it's not fair. And so I loved this quote. It like felt right. Like that everyone needs more than anyone can give right now. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I cannot give you anymore. I cannot give you anymore. And I had to say that to my family recently. On the flip side, if you're that person, that family member that's like annoyed with you for not sharing things, whatever, I think it's like, like for me, like if I felt like annoyed at somebody or I felt like they weren't giving me what I needed, like to remind myself, like, well, nobody can give me that right now. Like, yeah, I have a void that is beyond what another human can fill, and it's not fair to ask them to do that. Right. So it's like good to remind yourself that, that like, if you're feeling annoyed at somebody else, maybe it's not about the other person. Maybe it's about like what you're going through, you know? Yeah. And maybe that, you know, that other person is like dealing with their own emotional baggage and like they can't, they can't, they're spread so thin they can't give that much of themselves. And I I loved that. So just know if you're having conflict with family and you haven't seen your family in a long time, like I haven't seen mine in a year. So it's like, how is there this weird simmering tension? Um, It's normal. And hopefully we will all get past it. Um, and I don't know, that is it for that this week's, this is why podcasts check out our book. This is why you're single and my new book, Cinderella and the glass ceiling and other feminist fairy tales. We encourage you to get them from your local indie bookstores who will order them if they're not in stock. Yeah. And you got hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for full list of sponsors and the codes. You can check out our podcast page on this is why the we are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Why Podcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why. This is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a headgum podcast.